If you enjoy the show and want to go even more in-depth for the content we put out, go to HouseRichShow.com. We have courses on Insider Secrets Your Lending Realtor Don't Tell You, a course on house hacking, and even a DIY credit course so you never have to pay for credit repair again. And since you're a loyal listener, use promo code POD for a special discount. Back to the show. Thanks. Picture perfect. I paint a perfect picture. Bombing suckers with precision. My intentions to get richer. Let's go. Welcome to House Rich, the real estate show. We're helping millennials figure out where do I get started in real estate and how do I build generational wealth? So today's topic is obtaining the perfect credit score. The intro was provided by Brooklyn-born West Coast philosopher, Lassane Parrish Crooks. Let's get into the topic. All right, so let's talk about getting that perfect credit score. And to be clear before we start any of this, a perfect credit score, even 800 credit score is totally unnecessary when it comes to buying a home. So think about this. Whether you're into guys or gals, think about you trying to come up with that perfect line to, to talk to somebody at the, uh, the mall or whatever you used to do as a, as a youngster. A lot of times you trying to figure out the perfect line was just an excuse not to talk to somebody when the perfect line, it's probably just, hi, my name is, I guess we're doing Eminem uh, as well in this episode, but perfection is just an excuse not to execute on something. So I think a lot of times people say, hey, I need a perfect credit score, an 800 credit score, even a 700 credit score as an excuse because they're not confident enough in order to pull the trigger for whatever reason on buying a home. And so this episode and the previous episodes that help you build confidence when it comes to buying a home. But let's talk about the numbers. So you often see, well, there are 850 points when it comes to your credit score. So a lot of times you see that blue and light blue chart with the FICO breakdown percentages. That, that's great to look at, but I always like to say, hey, what do those percentages equate to? And so when it comes to credit, there is basically 300 points for having a credit profile for about six months. So when we talk about the points or the, that you can manipulate when it comes to your credit score, we're talking about 550 of those points. And so let's break it down. Payment history is 35% of that 550, which comes up to 192.5 points. Your credit utilization is 30% of that 550, which comes out to 165 points. Length of credit history is 82.5 five points, credit mix is 55 points, 10%, and new credit, aka inquiries, are 10% as well, which comes out to 55 points. So hopefully your big takeaways so far are a credit profile gives you 300 points, proper utilization gives you 165 points, and payment history gives you 192.5 points. So if you add all those up, you're north of 650 already. So hopefully that kind of tells you that those are the two most important things when it comes to working on your credit. But let's break down how each one impacts your credit. So first off, let's jump into payment history. That's basically paying your bills on time. And so once again, that's 192.5 points. And so there are different things that impact your score negatively. But the whole thing is, if you just pay your bills on time, that's how you get the 192.5 points. But let's say you have some blips along the way. So stuff like late, that can dock you anywhere between 90 and 100 points. 
like collections can be anywhere between 45 and 125 points. And I'll give you an example on how a collection docked my credit score 120 points. It was only $75. So when I was gonna go purchase a home back in 2016, I've been monitoring my score on my credit app this whole time. And I knew my scores were in the 800s because that's what the app told me. And I knew I hadn't missed any bills like my entire life. And so when I went to go buy a home, you know, they pulled the credit, yada, yada. And so luckily I asked the lender what my credit score was because they were just like, hey, everything's good to go. And so he told me it was like a, a six, I think it was 684 was what he told me my credit score was. And I was like, huh, at, at this point, I didn't even know that your banking app was like a vanity score. I just thought that was the score. So I was like, man, why is my score so low? And it's like, oh, there's this collection on there. And there was a collection from like two months ago on my credit report, it was 75 points. And I was like, what in the world is this? But I was like in the middle of the home buy process. So I was just like, uh, it's $75, I don't even care. I just called the debt collector and paid it off. I didn't even ask for a pay for delete. Luckily they, they just did that for me because if you don't get a pay for delete, it's as if paying off the collection has no positive impact on your credit score. Sometimes actually a negative uh, credit score. See previous videos about that. And so, my credit report cycled and then my credit score jumped back up to an 804. Well, I think it was 806 was my middle credit score. So over 120 points was a $75 collection on my credit report. So your credit is basically a what have you done for me lately situation. And then so we also got stuff like uh, BKs, liens, child support, stuff like that will dock you like 200 points. But another thing is a lot of things are just showstoppers all together. So like no matter how, if somehow you're able to still maneuver like a, a 640 credit score with like a BK, lenders have like overlays and stops in place where it's like, hey, you need to go 48 months or 84 months or something like that as far as having a BK, no matter how, what your credit score is. A lot of lenders just have hard stops like BKs, liens, child support and stuff, stuff like that. Uh, foreclosures are often just hard stops in your credit report, no matter what your credit score is. And so, once again, the time between the event the event happening has really the the, the greatest impact. So it's better to have a five hundred dollar collection that's five years old than a fifty dollar collection that's one month old, because that fifty dollar collection will do a lot more towards you. So think about it, it's like, hey, this person had a some sort of event five years ago where they couldn't pay back $500. But since then, they've been Scott clean. So, you know, the last five years is probably more indicative of their financial behavior. But on the other side of the coin, if it's like, hey, last month, this guy couldn't pay back $50. Like, if you're thinking it's only $50. The lender's like, yeah, it's only $50. Why couldn't you make the payment? And so they're like, hey, I don't know what's going on. And I say the lender, the, the algorithm that calculates the score is like, hey, I don't know what's going on with this person. But we're going to knock the credit because we don't know what's really going on here. So that is the payment history part of the equation. Now let's talk utilization. Once again, that is 30 points or 165 points. So, so there's not a, obviously there's not a lot, well, there's not a lot of consensus in my head, maybe amongst others, but there's like two camps. There's a camp of hey, 0% utilization is the best. Then there's like 1% utilization is the best. I don't know which is which, but um, 1%, 0%, if you're in there, if you, if you can have 1% or 0%, your credit score is probably doing pretty good. But from what I've been able to ascertain, the optimal credit 
percentage is 1%. And so it's like, like 1% to 10% is like the top threshold. And that's because it kind of shows that you're at least using your credit and managing your credit. I guess the kind of thought process is if you're at zero, it's just like this person maybe doesn't even know how to manage their credit at all. Um, and so that's why I made zero may not be the optimal, optimal percentage, but it's between one and 10%. And also the other thing is the credit scores are designed to buy the folks that you're borrowing money from. So they want to be like, they want you to use your credit. So that's probably another reason why one to 10% may be higher, better than 0% utilization, but the, or 0% utilization. But so one to 10%, the next is 10% is the next threshold. And then, or excuse me, 0% is the next threshold, excuse me. And then the threshold after that is like uh, 11% to 29%, essentially. And so like you're, you're, you're still like, if we're to do a, like a grading system, you're still like an A at, at like 11%. The question I get most often is, what's a good rate? Right after that, how do I find a good realtor? Here's the solution. Join the Coins and Culture Realtor Referral Network. These are realtors my team and I have personally vetted. So enjoy the home buying process, knowing you're working with a pro. Click the link in the description for more details. Back to the show. Like 11% to like 29%. 29% is probably like a, like a C or something like that when it comes to your credit score. So C still passing, everything's good to go. You're not gonna not be able to get a loan, definitely if you're between like uh, that 29%. Um, threshold. It's probably like more like a C plus. Then the next threshold percentage is um, it is 10% to 49%, or excuse me, 30% to 49%. And so that's kind of where in the in the zone where the credit algorithm is looking at you and it's like, eh, okay, I guess that they are paying their bills. They're under half, 50% utilization, but eh, we aren't going to keep on them and actually going to dock them a little bit as far as their performance when it comes to credit. So then once you get over that 50% threshold, that's when it gets a little bit dangerous, like 50% to 89%, because you're like, you probably have some difficulties financially, especially if you're closer to like that 89%, your cards are almost maxed out. You maybe you're just making minimum payments at that point. And then like 90% to 99% red flag danger zone. And then anything over hundred percent, obviously you're at, you're at like zero there because it's just like, Hey, this person is, is maxed out every single month. Even if you're kind of making the, minimum payments on time, anything over 100%, you're, 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 you're down bad as far as that. And so like paying down, like, so the difference between like 30% utilization and a 100% utilization can be anywhere between like, um, what is it like 40 to like 80 points as far as far as um, where you are as far as your credit. So like paying your, paying your scores down under that 30% threshold can like gain you like 80 points as far as your credit score. Or may not as easy as it is to be said, but also maybe getting like a credit increase somehow if you're able to get a credit increase. And so let's say your car balance was was like 5,000. You had $5,000 on your credit card and your max limit was 6,000. If somehow you're able to get your credit balance increased up to 10,000, now you have 50% utilization, even though you've really done nothing as far as your credit. So once again, those are easier said than done because your your credit card company is doing the same math. They're like, okay, this person is having trouble paying down their bills. Would increasing their limit help or hurt this process as far as them paying down their bills? And they're they're you're thinking, hey, but they want more money as far as interest. Yeah, they do, but they also don't want you to default on the on the card altogether. And then they have to sell your your eight thousand dollar balance to a debt collector 
for, you know, maybe $80 or pennies on the dollar, whatever they sell that for. And so that's kind of the math they're doing as far as a credit card company, as far as increasing your limit. So let's jump into length of credit history. So now we're at 15%, which is 82.5 points as far as your length of credit history. And so as I said in the intro, having a credit profile for six months gets you 300, like just free free points uh, as far as the baseline for your credit. So the basis for like length of credit history is six months. Really want to be between seven and 10 years is kind of where you could get time to get into that, that perfect threshold as far as your, your scores. So there, there's kind of two terms when we're looking at length of credit history. There's the length, and then there's the age. So length is like the length of the account. It's like I have a card with Wells Fargo. I've had that card for seven years. The length of credit history in the card is seven years, but I have another card with Chase for, let's make this math easy, for one year. And so the, the length of credit history in that account is one year. Seven plus one divided by two, the two accounts is four. And so your age of credit history is four. And that's so that's really what your, your lender is looking, or excuse me, the algorithm is looking at is your age of all your accounts, age of all, all your accounts, uh, excuse me. And so there's a couple ways to increase your, your length of credit, credit, credit history besides just letting time pass. I mean, you can be like an authorized user on an account. And so there's really three versions of being an authorized user or three different types of ways that the, the credit card or whatever account you're on counts you when you're when you're an authorized user and reports that to like the credit um, bureaus. And so one, they may not do it at all. So you want to check to make sure that the you're being added added as authorized user that that will report your credit history. Two is they'll report your credit history from that time forward. So like you get the credit history from that person from that time forward, their good credit history. And then some cards they'll always they'll date it back to the beginning of the account. And so that's kind of how your length of credit history works. But really, it's, it's going to be hard to get an 800 credit score, perfect credit score, unless you've been in the game, the credit game, for like seven to 10 years. So if you're um, 20 or something like that, getting your first credit card, it's probably going to be to your late 20s before you're going to really approach that 800 credit score if you're trying to do it yourself. And so there's some credit cards you can get, folks, like as a, as a kid and start building credit as well. So I should do a video on that. I just thought an idea. I'll, I'll go over the credit cards and credit stuff that you can go, that you can use even as a kid and open it up and start building your kid credit his story. And so let's talk about credit mix next. All right, so we're gonna talk about credit mix. Excuse me. So we're going to talk about credit mix. We're going to go over that just briefly. And so there's basically two types of credit. There's installment loans and there are revolving accounts. So installment loans are like your mortgage payments, student loans, your car payments, stuff that you're paying installments, you know, fixed payments on them. And they have an end date. And then there are revolving credit. So think about like your credit card, open accounts that are open forever. They revolve every month depending on what the balance is. And so there's not like a perfect mix, but you want to have, don't don't go out and get new accounts honestly just to try to boost your credit but you want to have maybe like one or two accounts maybe two or three so think about 
And he probably maybe want to have one or two credit cards. I've honestly had two credit cards my whole entire life. I had one credit card when I bought my first two properties. That, that's all. And then so, um, you know, you definitely don't want to go get an installment loan just for for kicks. But, you know, you think about your car payment, you'll probably have a, a car loan at some point in time. You may have student loans and you may have a mortgage already in another property. Those are installment loans. And so last but not least, we're going to talk about my favorite category, which is new credit essentially inquiries. And so if you've heard me talk about this before, you know what I'm about to say, inquiries do not matter. And so there's basically three time thresholds when it comes to inquiries. There is zero to three months where that's when your inquiry kind of matters. You know, you're thinking about like five points, what the inquiry hit is. Then there's three to 12 months where it drops off drastically after the third month, because here's what happens with inquiries. Either when you got the inquiry, you inquired about an item. Either you got financing for that item or you didn't. So after three months, like if you got a car, that car payment would now be on your credit report. And now that's impacting your length of credit. If you didn't get the financing, it's not on your credit report anymore. So it doesn't really matter. And then, like I said, that that's so that's why it drops off a cliff after three months and then 12 months. It, it really doesn't matter at all. And then officially it just falls off your, your credit report at the 24 month mark and so just a couple of things we we're talking about uh, credit so any inquiry within like uh, i think it's just 30 to 45 days as far as a mortgage or a student loan all counts as one inquiry as far as your credit score it'll show up on your credit report as multiple inquiries but it just counts as one inquiry on your credit report so um there it is that's kind of the formula the method to get a perfect credit score um Hope you enjoyed the episode. I'm sure you did if you're still listening to this point. And I want you, uh, as always, like the video, share with the friends, subscribe to the podcast. That helps my voice get out to folks just like you that are looking to buy your first home. And as always, rumor has it they're not making any more land. <laughs> get yourself a best of my outro, but it's all good. <laughs>